The Christmas season is about the story of God taking on flesh. And what we've been talking about, we began our Christmas sermon series last Sunday morning. What we've been talking about is what child is this? Now, you just heard Aretha, or I'm, uh, yeah, Aretha Franklin sing, What Child Is This? Was that not phenomenal? Actually, it's Roberta Flack. I got that wrong. That was Roberta Flack. And I can remember as a preteen boy, I heard her sing that song, and it gave me goosebumps. And it was about the time when I began to check out who Jesus is. And so that song has always meant a lot to me, and it became the title of our, our sermon series throughout Christmas. Now, interestingly enough, there's always a challenge as a pastor to preach through Christmas. And the reason why, there are only two of the Gospels that mention Christmas. Some of you who attend City Church, I know that you've never really read the Bible, but interestingly enough, there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and only two of them mention the Christmas story. The book of Matthew gives us the perspective of Joseph. The book of Luke gives us the perspective of Mary. And so last Sunday morning, I preached through the perspective from the gospel of Luke of Mary and what the Lord was doing in her and through her through the conception of Jesus. This morning, we're going to take a look at the book of Matthew. Matthew is Joseph's perspective, and as you can tell by the setup on stage, this message is going to be a little bit different than normal. Now, before we read from the screen the gospel story through Matthew of the birth of Jesus through the perspective of Joseph, the one thing I want to say is this. Jesus... When he was grown up, I know we're focusing on his birth, but when Jesus grew up, there was an essential biblical truth that he teaches that is absolutely the truth, and it's this. The most important thing in life is relationship. It's more important than anything else. As a matter of fact, you could go home for Christmas, you can meet with your family for Christmas, you can have a house full of people, you can also have a Christmas tree that is stacked with presents from floor to ceiling. But if the relationships of our lives are sideways, Christmas will lose its shine. Jesus presented it this way. He was asked by an expert in the Older Testament the guy asked Jesus, what's the most important law in all of Scripture? There were 613 laws in Scripture by the time of Jesus. And Jesus said the most important law is this. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. And the second law, Jesus said, is like the first, and it's this. Love your neighbor as what? Turn to your next-door neighbor right now and say, I love you, man. Give him a high five. Say good morning. Now, with that understanding, relationship is. Here's what Jesus is teaching. He's teaching that relationship is the most important thing in life. Relationship with God 
relationships with people. And when we get that right, life is amazing. And conversely, when we don't, and oftentimes I find myself praying, and especially for those of you who are checking out Jesus around Christmas, I want to encourage you that if you have broken relationships, begin to pray about those and ask God to intervene. Now, we're going to read from Matthew chapter 1, and I'd like you to read out loud with me the story from the Gospel of Matthew through the perspective of Joseph. So can we read it out loud? Are you ready? Let's read it out loud. Ready? This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Now, in order to preach this sermon, I want to do things a little bit differently. How many of you agree with Jesus that relationship is the most important thing in life? You agree with that. Some of you are just learning that this morning. Now, with that, I've had a friend that I met in about 1980. 1980. At that point in time, I would have been a junior in high school, and my family had moved to New Jersey. And in moving to New Jersey, we were checking out churches, and we visited a church. And that's where I met this guy. We did not end up going to his church. But following years of ministry, God, I believe, connected us again. And in connecting us again, this man became one of my mentors. And so at this time, I'm going to ask Jesse Owens to join me up on stage. Come on up here, Jesse. Let's give Jesse as a hand as he comes. Now, Jesse has been a missionary. He was a pastor in the U.S. He was a missionary overseas. He planted churches and drug rehabs all over Europe. He's traveled extensively. Some of us here from city have taken trips with him. Take that chair right there. You can grab a seat. Again, say good morning, Jesse. Jesse, how old are you this morning? Good morning. My mother told me I was born on July 21st, 1933. That makes me 84 and a half years old. Good deal. 84 and a half. 84 and a half. I would have been 85, but I got sick a year. You did. I didn't count that. <laughs> you didn't count that. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. You're the serious type, aren't you? Sometimes. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes. And you're not, are you? No, I'm not. <laughs> 
So it's funny how at times God will bring people into your lives. And uh, God brought Jesse into my life, and he and I are very, very different people. And I remember one time we were talking on the phone, and I'm going to tell a little story behind your back about your wife. He gave me a little bit of advice, and later on that day, his wife called me and said, don't pay any attention to him. (laughs) Every godly man has a wonderful wife. But over the years, I know that we talk multiple times a week, don't we? And we've done this for 20-something years. Absolutely. And so I thought it would be fun to have Jesse sit up here with me this morning because Jesse's going to be retiring from ministry as of January the 1st. And in his retirement, I thought it would be wonderful to have him come to City before um, you ride off into God's sunset of ministry. The way you're putting it, man, I'm getting (laughs) discouraged. I don't know if it's going to be fun or not. (laughs) So in that, how many years have you been involved with ministry full-time? Ministry full-time, 60 and a half years. 60 and a half years. Yes. Okay. I tell you what. You know, when I grew up, I wanted to be something else. I wanted to be a car driver, a racetrack driver. But you know what? When God called me to the ministry, I am so grateful at this stage of my life that God has helped me to guide people to come to know Jesus. There's nothing more important than the eternal relationship that we can have with Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son. And we're celebrating His birthday in a few days. Amen? Isn't that awesome? It is awesome. Yes. And you know, you know, come to think about it, being born in North Carolina like I was. Yes. Uh, I, my mother had 10 kids. Were you one of them? I was one of them. Okay. I, 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 yeah. I, was, I was the third one, right? And I was the first boy. And uh, you know what? When, when, I, when I started growing up, and, and, and I did graduate from high school on, uh, in 52, I think it was. And uh, I came to Washington, D.C. I got on a bus with my sister, the older one, who had gone to D.C. Uh, two years before after she graduated. And uh, she got a job. And so she invited me to come to Washington with her. Now, not only did she invite me to come, a, a country boy now, imagine this. Backward, never travel more than 30 miles away from my home, I don't think. And Dorothy brings me on the bus to D.C. And she takes me on Sunday morning to 915 Massachusetts Avenue Northwest to a church called the Full Gospel Tabernacle. That was the May 25th. 1952, Jesus came into my life that night. I gave him my life. I got forgiven of my sins. You know what I was doing? I, didn't, I never told you this. Here we go. I became a, did you ever, did you ever, were you, were you ever a bootlegger? No, I never. Do you know what that is? I'm pretty sure what that is. Yes, I do. (laughs) That's what I became when I was a 16-year-old guy. When I got, I was even driving that stuff around when I, before I got my license. 
So tell people what a bootlegger is. A bootlegger is someone that makes booze in their backyard or out in the woods. And my neighbor did that. Wow. And so he hired me to deliver it. So that's what I did through the 10th and 11th and 12th grades. So and you then, drove liquor around. Liquor. Hard do you know where that core, you, you homemade do, stuff? You do know that that's where car racing in the US came from. I certainly I know that. It is that. true. Yes. Are you trying to make me feel no. bad? No. Go ahead so. though, Jesse. Tell oh, us your story. Oh my goodness. You talking about it, ladies and gentlemen? When I when my sister came to my graduation, it was the 23rd day of May, 1952. I did graduate. I don't know why they even graduated me. I didn't learn like I should. You did. Because I was playing around all the time. I was doing mean stuff. Delivering booze. Before you good. got your driver's license. Before I got my driver's license. Do you think that and was the, illegal? You can't deliver booze without taking a, a swig, they call it. Really? <laughs> did you ever take a swig? You never? He has, he has lived for God all of his life. I'm serious, folks. Can I tell a story real quick, and then yes. you can go back to yours? Yes, go right ahead. Noah, this is going to be hard to believe. I have never taken more than one sip of beer in my entire life. <laughs> do you want to know why? This is a true story. It has nothing to do with my faith journey. Nothing. When I was six years old, living on a farm in Wisconsin, my father took me to the local landfill. And when we went to the local landfill, that's where we took all of our garbage. And when we would go through the landfill, there was an older gentleman, I won't share his name, but I can remember it to this day. And he was sitting on a chair, and he had a case of liquor under his chair. And he owned the landfill. And every car that came through, you had to stop and talk to him, and he would give you those tags to put on the bags, and you had to pay for them. And every time we went through, he was drunk. And so when I was six years old, we went through there, and I remember looking at this man, and his, you, I could tell at the age of six, his life was a total wreck. And when we drove through, I turned to my dad one time, and I said, what's wrong with Mr. So-and-so? And he said, son, he's what's called an alcoholic. And I determined that day I would never drink. And I never did, ever. That's just a true story. Uh, and it's got nothing, and I don't besmirch people that drink. Trust me, that's not what I'm saying. But I was not a bootlegger, and I never did take a swig. Never? Never did. Pastor Pete, I'm so proud of you. Well, you thank you, Jesse. Right man. I'm serious. And even to this day, that's the case. Yes. God bless you. Well, thank man, you, I'm Jesse. Glad to be now, back up to here. your story. Back to my story. Oh, yes. Well, I came to Washington. My life was changed on May 25th, 1952. When I walked out of the church on 915 Massachusetts, Massachusetts Avenue, now remember where I was born. Remember what the attitudes of my heart racially was. Tell us about that a little bit. Tell really? us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Want to hear. It was, it was not good. I had some negative attitudes. Although, you know what? I knew black people. I knew Aunt Tilly and Uncle Car Kearney, my neighbors. They were live up there on the farm nearby. They worked for us, and I loved them. But, you know, I had attitudes. And when I gave my heart to Jesus, 
I want to tell you this, folks. Joseph's son corrected and cured the ill of humanity. That's right there in the, what, what is the book you're asking us to read? It's the book of Matthew. Matthew. Just think of Matt for short. Matthew, there it is. Matthew's talking to us about this experience. And when I walked out of that church in D.C., about 9 o'clock at night, I looked and I loved everybody. The prejudice was all gone. It's a spiritual problem, folks. It's a spiritual issue. And all the other things that I did, God forgave me of that night. And I found peace. And you know what? I began to sleep better. I began to dream better. I began to think better. And I began to work harder. I began to not waste money. And all of a sudden, man, I went to Bible college. In two years, God said, I want you in the ministry. I, in those days, I never dreamed about being in the ministry. God sent me to Bible school. Pastor Pete, you don't know this. Tell me. But when... When I got to Bible school, I looked over across the way. The boys had to sit on one side and the guys on the other side. That has totally changed now. They it's can totally sit changed. together. They can, they sit, can together sit together. Now. But I looked over and I saw this lady. Could you stand up, lady, that, uh, that, that, that I'm talking about? Could you just stand up so they can see who you are? Honey, stand up. Oh, yeah, there she is. That's my wife. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And do you know what? She came to Jesus when she was 11. Wow, she was 11 years old. 11. From a broken home, Pastor Pete. Uh huh. Broken family. And God was not in that family. And Kay was preached to by a pastor that had graduated from the school that I went to. He went into the old Orchard Beach, Maine to start a church. And she showed up with her sister who raised her and her brother-in-law. And that night, Kay prayed the sinner's prayer. And she gave her life to gave Jesus. Gave her life to Jesus. Yep. So what words did the Lord put in your heart when you saw Kay across that room <laughs> in college? Glory adios, el senor. <laughs> Amen. I tell you what, folks, when I got to know her, I could not have married a better woman. I could have not. I could not have picked out a woman that is what she is. Wow. If I hadn't received Christ as my Savior. Wow. And now we've traveled the world together. How many years have you guys been married? Uh, 60. No, but that couldn't be, right? I don't know. Yeah, I'm it, asking you, honey, Jesse. How long have we been married? 60 years? I think so. She was, I was 22, she was 20, she was 18, or no, she was 20. She was. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I never, but I can say this that you can't say. I never kissed my wife until I married her. She wasn't your wife until you That's married right. her, Jesse. That's <laughs> why you didn't. He's a smart man, isn't he? I tell you, wow. <laughs> and you know what, Pete? So you I, took a swig. And you kissed your wife before you got married. No, I was free. I was free from that stuff. Okay. 
That was that was a part of it. I know. Jesus took it away. He took it away. You don't. But you did take a swig at one point in your in your life, and God forgave you. Oh, God forgave me when I went to that altar that night. I walked out. That, those desires were gone, and the prejudice was gone. Isn't that amazing? The prejudice. This is, these are spiritual issues that are in this book. And when Jesus comes into us, he bids us to receive his love and love all people as I have loved you. And I tell you what, I wouldn't take anything for what I've had since I became born again. That's awesome. So thinking of the Christmas story. All right, so thinking of the Christmas story and thinking of the scripture that we, you, we read this morning, when you think about Joseph and what God called him to do to take home a pregnant woman who he was engaged to be married to, and yet she was with child, and he had to trust God that that conception had come through the Holy Spirit, yes, right? Yes, yes. It's an amazing story. Share with us maybe a couple, and I know that was a trial for Joseph. That's why Matthew tells us about it, that that was a trial for him to take her home and to bring her to his family and share this story. It's, it's a tough one. Now, in the midst of that, what are some of the things, when you look in the rearview mirror of the last 60 years of ministry, what are some of the things that would come to your mind that God brought you through and there were challenging seasons? And yet you knew the Lord had spoken to you, and you were able to move through those because you know God had called you to go through them. Anything come to mind? Yes, Princeton Church. All right, tell when us I a little bit. You, when I met you. Yes. I had just come out of one of the most, biggest crises we'd ever faced. Yes. And I went in there. I, God called me there, but I didn't know what to do. But I went there, and there was a little tiny church that had been there for 38 years. And this is a church in Princeton University that's right near, Prin or that's right in near Princeton, the, right near right Princeton. Near, yes, on Harrison Street, remember? I do, yes. yes. They <laughs> don't, but I do. Yes, go ahead. And so, and so I went in there to pastor this church. God called me there. And you know, it wasn't easy that year and a half. Yes. But finally, God gave us the key to the city. And God gave us a building right on Nassau Street, which is the main street of Princeton. And there was a vacant building sitting there. It had been there for four or five years. It had ceased one Presbyterian church joined with the other Presbyterian church down the street. I mean, maybe 100 yards or so apart, two That's Presbyterian right. churches. That's right. And so this building was open. And one day I walked in there, into the back door of that church, and walked in, and there's one pew sitting there. One pew, the second row on the right side of the building, was a pew that Woodrow Wilson, president of the United States, sat in when he attended that church. And I walked in, and God gave me a vision. I saw it full of people from all nationalities. Yes. I saw them. Before they ever came, I saw them. So what I did was just put a big ad in the paper, and I said, we're going to open a new church called Nassau Christian Center. Yes. You were on that staff. Yes. That was the church that I went to, absolutely. I was that your first pastorate or first? No. 
I went to other churches before that, but Jesse. I mean, but I don't, yes. I don't know too much about you. Why don't you No, talk? we're going to stick with you this morning, Jesse. <laughs> so I want you to picture this as Jesse's relaying this story. Jesse is from a, a dirt farm in the hills of North Carolina, and God called him to pioneer a church across the street from Princeton University. Literally, you can take a softball and with half a throw hit the front door to Rockefeller College right, right across the street at right. Princeton University. Right. And so God called him to come and plant a church right across the street from Princeton University. Am I right? Absolutely. And you saw physicists come to Jesus. You know, it, it, that's, a, that's an exciting... Thank you for helping me. You're welcome. I am trying you to help really you a little bit. You really are sympathetic to old people, aren't no, you? No, no, it's not no. that. I just love you, man. So I go ahead. I love you too. But, Thank but, you. But, but, but this, this scientist came. You know, when you're in Princeton and you open your doors there, but you never know. But this scientist came to my church, and he introduced himself after he was there for a couple of times. Yeah. And then I found out, you know, there's always an ulterior motive in some things that we do. Yes. This guy saw a lady in our church that impressed him, <laughs> you know. And so he started coming regularly, regularly. And when I preach, I always give an invitation. I never, I never pass up opportunity. After I preach, I ask for people who want to make peace with God and serve God and be born again by the Holy Spirit. And so I, I was preaching that. And for six months... This scientist from Princeton across the street came in and he sat in the same seat. And when I gave the invitation, I said, raise your hands if you want to know God. He put his hand up. And then I said, I want you all to come down. Pastor Pete, not too many Sundays while I was in Princeton, we didn't have a somebody coming to faith yes. in Jesus. Yes, It was a regular thing. This scientist came down, and I went down. I walked right down to him, and I prayed with him. Am I going to step off of this thing here? And I ste Step and I back. Just, You're in oh, the dark. Oh, oh, in the dark. Stay on the carpet. Oh, stay on the carpet. Oh. There we go. Sit down. That'd He's be got his rules, hasn't he? Oh. I don't want you falling off the front oh, of the man. stage. Oh, man. Oh, man. What was I talking about? You were talking about oh, Buzz I, Jobs. Oh, song. Buzz Jobs. And Buzz comes down, and he comes over on the left of the altar. So I walked over, and he introduced himself to me. He would always run out before the benediction. So this was my first time meeting him. Yes. And I prayed with him. You won't believe that beautiful prayer, how sincere Dr. Jobs was. He was... From the university across the street. Yes. He came in just listening. Yes. And he just waited. And that Sunday, I happened to be preaching. That was a shock. I thought it would have been a guest preacher when he, you know, because I had him in there a lot. But I was preaching. He gave his life to Jesus. Yes. So I have a question. How many physics courses did you ever take? Not one. You never studied physics? Never studied physics. And yet this physicist from Princeton came to Christ. Came to Christ. If you love them, it doesn't matter where you are. If you know Jesus, you know what, folks? You, every one of you ought to be a soul winner. 
Every one of you ought to talk to people that don't know Jesus. Get to know them. Don't keep Christians only as your friends. Make friends to non-believers. Get to know as many people as you can, right? I agree. And, and, and all nationality and all ages, get to know them and befriend them and let them see the peace that you have and the joy. Joy? Undescribable joy. So let Pastor, me ask you another question. What? What does Christmas mean to you? Christmas means everything to me. Jesus becomes so close. I love to think about him as a baby. I do. I just admire how he came. I admire how he came and was born of a Virgin Mary and how he was born. I just love the story. It's miraculous. There's miraculous. There's a miraculous aspect to all of it. It's all a story that God unfolded to the human family for the purpose of getting us out of our darkness, out of our drugs. Do you know what, Pastor Pete? Tell me. I am so excited about this situation, helping the addicts today. Do you know how many are dying every day in America? Do you know that drug addiction is not the solution? Jesus is. The Holy Spirit is. And I'm going to tell you, we, if we get on fire for God and we go out there and become bold and start witnessing to the hurting people out there, we will have such an incredible awakening in America. May God bring it in the past because America is sick. We need Jesus like never before. Do you agree? I totally agree with that. Totally. I do. I agree with that. So is there anything else when you think about the Christmas story? Is there anything else in the Christmas story that speaks to your heart that you'd like to share with us this morning? Oh, man. Get to know. Get to know the babe of Bethlehem. Get to know the one Mary brought into this world to be the Savior of the world. Let him become your friend. Let him live with you. You know what? He, when he comes inside of us, he's with us wherever we go. That's right. He never says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You can forsake me, but I will never forsake you. Yes. And you know what? That's so marvelous because you always have someone walking with you that has higher principles and higher understanding than you'll ever have. I've never faced a decision, Pastor Pete, that I was overwhelmed by since I gave my life to Jesus. Well, wow. He has brought me through when I was faced with an incurable disease. Do you remember when I got sick years ago? I think you had heart issues, right? I, I know that plus some other stuff. I've had them all. I think you want to tell us about this? I would like to if you don't mind. Go right ahead. Tell you us. Know, when you know, when you get these things, it, they, everything that I have had happen to me since Christ came into me, that, that Sunday up the road here, I'm going to tell you, everything that has happened to me since then, I have never had, not had a way out. God always makes a way clear. God always has a solution. You know what? 
I don't recall being discouraged for years. Wow. So you started telling us you had some physical. I had some physical problems. But didn't he say, I heal you of all your diseases? Yes. I don't know of any disease I have in my body this morning. I'm, a, I'm healthier than I've ever been. I actually am getting healthier now that I'm aging than I was when I was young. It's amazing, isn't it? You look great. Do I? You do. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> you, you, t- you, don't go there. Don't let's, go there. Let's, no, let's stay <laughs> okay. where we're going. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. So what else, when you think about your family, so you go up to Washington, D.C., you're, 20, you're a young man, you go to D.C., you accept Christ. What happened in your family after you accepted Jesus? After Dor- Dorothy, then me, that was, a, that was two strong witnesses. And we started, we started going back down to North Carolina just witnessing to our family just to get them saved. Yes. Every single one of them came to Jesus. Every, my mama and my papa. And they died years ago. My dad died when he was 100 years and 10 months old. Did he really? Yes, he did. And then how many years, what was the age of your dad when he married your mother? How he was 37 and she was 18. That was a smart thing, too, for him to do, <laughs> wasn't it? Marry a young one. They're going to be with you forever, right? And so God blessed them. And they had 10 children. They had 10 children, actually 20. Because she had 10 and he had 10. Oh, gosh. They're both theirs. Yes, that is true. So it's 20. Oh, I guess I got to cut out my foolishness. Would you forgive me for that little jesting a little bit? Would you? All right, good. What do you want to talk about now? So you. Can I interview you? If you interview you? No. We're not going to do that really? this morning. No. I no. have one question I want to ask you. Okay, ask me your question. <laughs> Did you ever kiss your wife before you married her? No, because she wasn't married. I, she wasn't, well, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Give my hand, folks. So listen, um, I remember my wife sat next to me in grad school in church, and God blessed this pastor. But the pastor said, we're getting ready to pray to open the service. And he said, I want you to hold the hand of the person next to you. Oh, that was it. That was it. Yeah. She held out her hand. I grabbed her hand. I felt the presence of Jesus. And really? uh, I, yes, exactly. And I didn't want to let go. I wanted to keep holding her hand. Yes. It, 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 it's... Look, I saw her in grad school, and I saw her at a picnic. And do you ever make a bargain with God? You ever bargain with God? I remembered seeing her, and she threw a softball at me. And I caught it, but it came in on a rope. Do you know what that means? It was whipped really hard. She was a great athlete. And when I caught that ball, I noticed her, and I made a deal with God. Jesus, if you will let me talk to that girl and get to know her a little bit better, I'll serve you. You ever bargain with God? I bargained oh, with I God. I believe you did that. I did. I bargained with God. Really? Yep. Yep. And then I made my move on her, and the rest is history. You know how that goes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Isn't God good today? 
to let us just come together up here and talk to you. Hey, listen, tell you know, us how you met Kay. What? What? Oh, 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 yes. She was in Bible college with me. I went there. We were both in the same class. She came from Old Orchard Beach, Maine, down to Rhode Island, where we were in school. Yeah. And I came from D.C. here, and from North Carolina first, and spent two years here in D.C., becoming established as a Christian. And then I went to, uh, God called me into the ministry. Yes. And I was the most unlikely person to go in. My, a lot of my family were shocked. That you were going to go be a that, pastor. That I was going to be a minister. I know the feeling. You do? I do, yes. You never sinned in your life. Oh, yes, I have. Let's really? go back to this conversation. <laughs> Let's go back to this. Because you're going to ask me to confess publicly, and I'm not willing. Go ahead. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. You totally forgot what you were saying, right? How did you meet Kay? Oh, that's what we were talking about. It is. Well, first of all, do you know Do you know in the Bible there's nine gifts of the Spirit, you know, tongues and interpretation? Yeah. Well, for the first time, I'm, I'm a new Christian. I'm filled with the Spirit. I, I got a hold of that in no time flat. I got saved one week and filled with the Spirit the next week. Got it. And so within a week, I learned all about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And I got it the next Sunday. And then I went to Bible college, and I got to know Kay. And I looked over, and she interpreted, because I gave a message in tongues. And, and she, she interpreted, interpreted it. Yeah. And I, right away, I, there was a connection. There was a connection to her. You know? And I just wanted to get to know her. But some other guy made a move quicker than I did. He got in there first? Did you ever have that happen to you? I don't want to talk about that either. Oh, really? No, I really don't. <laughs> I'm trying to find out you know what, more Jesse? about your passion. We both ended up with the woman we wanted. That's what counts, Glory buddy. We God. won in the Amen, end. Amen, brother. It is. Yes. Glory yes. to God. So some, she, some other guy was dating Kay. Yeah, he started dating her. So I started dating a girl. Oh, Pete, I wish I could forget that. Really? Yeah. It wasn't God at all. Really? You know? And here I'm in Bible college. And I waited around, and Kay broke up with him. because He was my roommate. Was he really? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't this getting better? Did you ever know that before? I mean, this guy was my roommate. Yes. And so, so he breaks up. She breaks up with him. Was she, did she have her eye on you? Is that why she dumped him? I don't know to this day. Really? Can you find out for me? I'll ask I, her after, and I'll let you know. <laughs> I don't think it matters anymore, but really, I can find out. It doesn't matter because we're married. It's over. It's over, yes. Yeah, we're, we, yeah. Okay. We have four kids. I know. Yeah. What was I talking about? <laughs> How you met Kay. Oh, she was dating someone else, she, dumped him. And, and, and you know what? When she interpreted my message, I had a spiritual identity. And do you know what I found out, Pete? Tell me. It's better to have a spiritual identity before you have a physical thing. Yes. Is that good or not? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever said that before. When you, know, when you let God put it together. Yeah, I agree totally. And it, when God puts it together. Yeah, when God Absolutely. does it and God put it together. I agree with that. You know what's amazing? Is you just recounted your story of how you met Kay. Yes. And do you know what we read in the Gospel of Matthew was the story about how Mary and Joseph had met yes. and part of their relationship? Because the Gospel of Matthew tells us that Joseph had determined he was going to break up with Mary because she was pregnant. She was pregnant. 
Yes, exactly. That must have been a startling thing for a man, huh? I, I think it would be tremendously. And then the angel of the Lord came to him and said, and said, Joseph, what the, what's been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. You know, God always explains it, doesn't he, what he wants us to know. I think he does, yes, absolutely. Now, we just have about two minutes left. Oh, I wish I could stay here all day. No, we have two minutes left, Jesse. I we like have two these minutes people. left. What's that? I like them. I think they might like you as well. So what I'd like you to do is I want you to take the next two minutes, and I want you to share what Jesus means to you for the next two minutes and then encourage someone to accept Christ. Jesus means to me that every sin I ever committed, he will forgive, and he did. Jesus means to me that he is all wisdom and all knowledge, that he knows all things about everything. And he will share himself with us every single day of our lives. That you will never be in such a perplexed situation that there is not a way out if you will let Jesus manage your life. And, and you know, when you learn that all things do work together for good if you love God, that all things that seemingly are negative and you may not be able to understand will become meaningful and you'll understand it and it will begin to work out and it will bring closeness and unity. It doesn't matter if it's your wife or your husband or your kids or neighbors, whatever. God is for drawing us together and bringing us peace and forgiveness because without the shedding of his blood there's no remission no forgiveness but he shed his blood paid the full price for the sins of the whole world and now every sin can be forgiven every sinner can be forgiven pastor pete that is what i've been sharing for 60 years and i've seen young and oh, come into a relationship with Jesus. And it never, even to this day, as old as I am, it is the most exciting thing that occurs in my life is when somebody repents of their sins and makes peace with the Creator. So why don't we do this? As the worship team comes up to close, Yes, you can stand up now, but stay in the light. Don't get in the shadows. I'm afraid you'll go off the front of the stage. So stay on this carpet. Stay in the light. And could you stand up as everyone stands with Jesse? And I'm going to ask that you would lead us in a prayer where people would have the opportunity to accept Jesus if they have not accepted Jesus yet so that Christmas will become full to them this year. Let's say it. Jesus, I thank you so much for bringing us together. Your presence is in this place so strongly. Your love, your generous heart of forgiveness is here to take care of any negative thing in our lives. Any sin, any unforgiveness, any bitterness, all of that can be washed away today and be forgiven and forgotten by the eternal creator of this universe, God our Father and Jesus Christ the Son. And the precious Holy Spirit is here now 
convincing us all to walk with Jesus and to bring other people into relationship with Jesus at this special season of Christmas. Thank you, God, for your peace. Thank you for your health. Thank you for your joy that is truly indescribable. And God, thank you for making things better in every life, every life, every home, every person individually. Jesus, be with us during this season. Protect us as we travel on the roads. Keep your hand upon us, God, as we interact with people who do not know you. And just let the Word of God and the light of God shine more brightly than ever before, God. We thank you for this holy day in this wonderful church. And all people say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Love you, man.